Savannah Undercovered. The deep dive. Undercovered, is that right? Undercover. No, no. But like if you present un- tense. Like if you Savannah. Co- if you take colon, the covers off. Undercover. If you take the covers off. Exposed. Uncovered. That's it. Savannah part two, uncovered. Oh my god, just roll the tape. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey listeners, ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome back, All-Stars, to another edition of Skip Town All-Stars. This is the Savannah Part 2 episode. It is. We have been here for about three weeks now. We are actually departing tomorrow. We are, and it has flown by. There's no question about it. This has been one of my favorite places to visit and work. Oh, okay. I feel like it's has stayed the same for a very long time. It was Santa Fe, New Mexico, and also Oklahoma. But now I'm like, oh, I didn't see anything until I stepped foot in Savannah. Wow. Okay. And you were very uncertain about whether or not to even attempt this trip because of how difficult it was to get a place to stay. Yeah. No, we were supposed to leave like Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. And I told you on Tuesday night at 5 p.m. it wasn't happening. And then we got a last minute phone call from one of the rental companies here in Savannah. And they said, we can work with your budget. And it all happened. So I was super grateful for that. All right. So uh, in the last episode, we went through a lot of tourist trap information for you. Uh, We went through a lot of restaurants. I know, but you say they're tourist traps, but we explain the locals go there. So they're not actually tourist traps. They're just touristy places, which are legitimately good. Okay. So we went to places in Savannah that uh, we went into great detail about, especially some of the restaurants, some of the perceived tourist traps that ended up not being tourist traps at all. Is that better? That is much better. Uh, But in addition to that, we actually had the opportunity since we were here and since we were so interested in everything Savannah, uh, Denise was fortunate enough to score a really great day with a real estate agent, Isia from Fox Hollow Realty here in Savannah. It was our first foray into actually looking at properties and talking about the market with an expert, somebody who's actually here and does business here. And we both really feel like there's so much to know about Savannah. Why is it on everyone's list? Why? Um, So we hired a professional to tell us. After we spent the day with them, we ended up going down to the Riverwalk area to have lunch at what Mm -hmm. you would call a touristy place. Riverfront. Yeah. Yeah. Riverfront. Vicks on on the river. Yeah. And it was was really good, but it there was. were a lot of locals there as well. We mm-hmm. took uh, IC and Chanel there for lunch and it was great. It was all seafood. So uh, I enjoyed it. And you know, it's interesting because that river walk area has so many- I believe it's called Riverfront. Oh, okay. River walk is in San Antonio. San Antonio. It's, there's a river. It's like all the same. Walk, front, uh. Okay, so river, so city, go on front area. Uh, there's just cool places for everyone, and one place that we discovered, uh, this was not with Asia and Chanel. No, 
Uh, this was a little hidden gem yeah. that's um, basically like under a bridge. It's a serial killer museum. Great that- face. So uh, picture, if you will, uh, the riverfront. There is a strip of basically cobblestone street along the river. Then there's a row of buildings. And then all of a sudden there's a bluff. And up that bluff are, you know, all kinds of bridges and spooky, creepy, like, you know, it looks really creepy at night. Oh, yeah. Like oh, when no, you're down legitimate. there. Well, it used to be where they had- It looks like Jack the Ripper type shit. Oh, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. With yeah. a Southern flair, of course. Uh-huh. I mean, it is Savannah. But um, anyway, you surprised me that day. I did. I really wanted to take him to this uh, serial killer museum, and I know it sounds insane, and it is, mm-hmm. uh, but it has- um artifacts, oddities from like Ringling Brothers Circus, uh, cults, and serial killers. Cults, yeah. There are paintings from John Wayne Gacy, which that's kind of like overdone. Everyone has seen a John Wayne Gacy painting, but I, I, I was interested in seeing it in person because I'd only seen it online. Oh, it has stuff from Charles Manson. It has Jim Jones. It has Heaven's Gate. For me, there were a few things that just stood out. Okay. I don't know how you've never heard of Ed Gein. You grew up no, in the I never sticks. really have. Like that's crazy to me. I mean, let me just me. start out by that's saying- That's like where he came from. I know, but you're from Chicago. So you have like in that whole like Illinois, Wisconsin area, you have like pound for pound, I believe, more serial killers than anybody- Yeah, probably. Any other region in the United States. I like knew who Ed Gein was when I was 12. You got Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, we have a lot. You got the Candyman. I mm-hmm. saw those movies. Yeah, we do. We have John Wayne Gacy. We have a lot. Right. Um, but Ed Gein, I knew when I was 12 because I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I, my parents get no get parent of the year for that. 12 years old, that's what I saw. You had no and, supervision. Zero. And they were at the um, bar. when we went to the museum and there was a a keychain from Ed Gein in his handwriting with his name on it. it had a locket of human hair. Yeah. Oh, I just stood in front of that for a really long time. Like, and nobody really knows. Like, I don't know why they don't know, but nobody really knows if the hair is from one of his victims or his mother, which way I don't creepier know. if it's yeah, from his mother. I know. Way creepier. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh but yeah, he's actually so. Uh, it was my first indoctrination to Ed Gein, and I didn't realize he was sort of the inspiration for all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, uh, Silence, uh, of the Silence of the Lambs, anything that has to do with somebody skinning another human being. Yep. Ed Gein. Yeah. Send him a thank you letter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell me some things that you saw in the Serial Killer Museum. Uh, my favorite things were the Kool-Aid packets. I shouldn't. This sounds so ridiculous. These are my favorite don't things. Take, don't say favorite. So I know. the most surprising. How about that? that uh, they the discovered- most interesting things to me were Kool-Aid packets that they found at Jonestown after Jim Jones basically wiped everyone out. Yeah, there are actual packets on the ground from the cleanup crew that they have. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. It's weird. Like I seem to be more fixated on rather than the horrific acts of one single person, I'm always fascinated by how a person is able to con a bunch of people into blindly following them oh, to their I'm ultimate not, doom. I think it's so easy. I always say we, we could start a How cult. come we don't do it? Because <sighs> it takes a lot of work. Look how long this podcast takes. Can you imagine? Like you have to rally every day. So Okay, fair um, enough. I think that we could, I think it's doable. All you need to do is do, you. it's just two things you need to do to make people join a cult. Make them feel loved, make them feel wanted. That's it. If you do that, boom, you've got a cult. 
So families are cults. Not everyone in a family makes you feel loved or wanted. So you just stop right now. Okay, fair Sometimes enough. Sometimes a family could make you feel the worst. So you go to the cult because the family hasn't given you love or made you feel wanted. Fair enough. I think uh, they definitely feed on those who are insecure or those who are sort of shut out from connectivity oh, for in sure. other aspects of their yeah. lives. So, uh, uh, But the one thing I will say is once they identify those characteristics in a person, they do a really damn good job of, you know, getting them to close off every piece of connection they have with everybody in their family. Here's and all that. the like, that's the part that fascinates me. We're in 2023. And I think to myself, don't you know a cult leader now when you see one? Like if you're little Mary Jane and you're oh, 19 yeah. I mean, years old in Los Angeles, it's like, don't you see him coming a mile away when he makes you feel good about yourself, makes you feel loved. And all of a sudden he like, Two months later, he wants sex, and then he's having sex with the, the, the other girl in your group, yeah. and then he's having. It's like he's a cult leader. Like you just need to like. What about that doesn't scream he's a cult leader? Yeah, that's usually where it goes off the rails. They never love you or want you without having sex with you. So here's a thought. Okay, here's a twist. If you're thinking about being a cult leader, try not having sex with everyone and being a pedophile. I want to see what that looks like. Well, I don't. I mean. Because think, think it, about all the cults. I think it ultimately ends up that way, yeah. Yeah, like there's not one single cult leader that hasn't done that. Not, ev- not even, I can't think of a one. I mean, Serial I killers just go straight for killing. Yeah. Like they're consistent. And I would say it's the same with cult leaders. They are consistent. You have characteristics of a serial killer, characteristics of a cult leader. There should be a new twist. What's that? They don't have sex with everyone. Yeah, let's see how that goes. I know. But I don't you think that's like how they sort of create the vibe of conspiracy and secrecy and making people feel special, like they're chosen. Like that's kind of like it. Yeah, it could be. It that just whole always chosen leads thing, there. Like, I'm choosing to have sex with you tonight, but tomorrow it's going to be Sarah. And yeah. then the day after that, it's going to be Miriam. Lucy. Yeah. Miriam's mm-hmm. hot. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It doesn't make me feel special when you're having sex with everyone. I would not. I understand the feeling of love and wanted. Look, we've watched cult specials where I'm like, oh shit, I would have been in that cult. Yeah. But then once have. the sex part started, I would have been out because I wouldn't have felt special anymore because he's having sex with everybody. Well, it's good to know you have that barrier. <laughs> I want I want to be it's your- It's good to know you'll come back to your family. Babe, I want to be your one and only. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know you'll come back to your family when it comes down to sex. So uh-huh. before that, you'll empty out the bank account. Oh, totally. If you're yeah, making you'll me feel- You'll cut off ties with your children. If you're making me feel love and wanted, I'm out of The minute you need to take your bra off, forget it. Yeah, it's over. I'm going it's back over. home. I'm going back home. All right. So anyway, grave face is definitely worth checking out if you have the stomach for it, but it is not for the squeamish. I'm no, not going to kid not you. Not at all. Some of those photos, I was like, whoa, wait, damn, holy shit. So uh, it's true. And then after grave face, we decided to take a walk down to Paula Dean because what better way to end the day than go to Paula Dean? Yeah. So we went from serial killer culture to cancel culture. <laughs> yep. In one false swoop. So let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk right. about walking over there. And you said, I want to try dessert and we really should go to Paula Dean's while we're here. I had a hesitation about going into this place. Why? Tell me why. Well, because I know the story of however many years ago, 10 years ago or whatever, when she uh, had some rather derogatory derogatory things to say about African-Americans. I've had a difficult time since we've been traveling the country because believe it or not, this is going to sound crazy folks, but in some states we've encountered real racists 
And um, <laughs> that has scared us. That, and this is an Ohio boy. <laughs> Florida. Anyway, um, excuse me, something in my throat. But, uh, you know, whenever I'm around people like that, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to all the people. I, I just flash back to all the faces that were on our refrigerator for years in Los Angeles. Like mm-hmm. we had a very like cluttered sort of refrigerator where we just stuck photos of all the people we love of all the people we love random events throughout the ch- the children's entire existence and throughout our lives while we were a couple in LA so um you know whenever i'm sort of confronted with uh people who think that way or talk that way i just think about their faces and i think about like i'm doing a slight tiny betrayal just by sitting here Mm -hmm. and being a part of this. Mm -hmm. So as we were approaching Paula Deen's, I had a little bit of that trepidation. I'm not going to lie. And as we walked up, I quickly saw a line of black folks going into Paula Deen's. And I was like, okay, I guess if black folks don't have a problem going to Paula Deen's, then I can go to Paula Deen's too. It was weird. I didn't see one white worker. And I would say most of the restaurant... 70% 70% were African-American. And I was like, I literally wanted to say, what the hell are you guys doing here? You know she was talking shit about you a few years ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think this speaks to a bigger issue, especially the complicated history of the South, for sure. But also, um, I well, just think there are black folks who are like, yeah, people are racist. Like, we deal with that every single day. So it's just a Tuesday, and I want some banana pudding. Oh, yeah, you could be right. She was legitimately the first, I think, cancel culture. Like maybe. Yeah. Uh, but so we went in there and, um, oh, and I it was, sucked. Okay. <laughs> Just, I couldn't even lead up to it. Couldn't even lead it up sucked. to it. Like I all was, this buildup. And it's like, so uh. my, my, one of my besties, Chandra is a huge Paula Deen fan and she went to the restaurant and I know Chandra listens to the show. So girl chime in. Like I thought when you went there a few years ago, you really liked it, but I need to know why, because I was really disappointed, but I wonder if I was disappointed because I came from Magnolia Table. Magnolia Table smokes Paula Deen's. There's no question. Like, like just it's not even close. For um, me, I'll tell you what I immediately saw right away and how I was completely turned off. Everything looked dirty. It looked like a diner with cheap paper tablecloths. And it wasn't like a kitschy, like this is supposed to look like a kitschy, outdoor picnic setting. No, it just looked dirty. And I did think while I was there, does Paula ever come here? Like, does she see the way it's being run? Like, who's she hiring to leave like dirty rags all over the bar and like, like shit on the floor, like didn't even been swept. I was like, I cannot believe this restaurant is still open and I can't believe her name is on the door. So I thought she had sold it to like venture capitalists or something. But then I thought, no, because venture capitalists would have to, would take really good care of it. So no, she actually still owns it. But here's something interesting. No locals go there. Is that right? Who told you that? Uh, Michaela. Really? Michaela said she doesn't know a single person that's been to Paula Deen. Wow. And then Chip last night said, very, very underwhelming. And he also said, I think he said, yes, nobody really goes there. Well, so I that, know if you want to talk about tourist trap. I think you landed your first tourist trap. It was a tourist trap for sure. I mean, because the, locals don't the, go. The plastic Waffle House dishes should have given it away. Oh yeah, that was just so. Tacky. It was a cafeteria. I don't, it was a hospital cafeteria. Actually, in hospitals, I think they have like plates, like porcelain plates. They do. Yeah. 
Yeah, she had plastic plates. Anyway, uh, that place sucked. The dessert sucked. Thankfully, it wasn't like $12 for a banana pudding. It was no. only like $3.50 or $4 or something like that. Look, if you're into Paula Dean and you like her cookbooks and all that other stuff, I will say there were dishes that were coming out and like we did not have dinner there. So in fairness, uh, we only were in there for a quick dessert. You got a drink or something. And um we saw food being trotted out to the table. Fried chicken looked like your standard Southern stuff. I uh, I would just mention that, you know, there are plenty of other places in Savannah. Don't waste your time. Okay. We only had dessert and we've gone to places where we have only <laughs> had dessert and the food looks so good. We're like, oh, we'll come back for dinner. And we have. That was not one of them. So it doesn't matter how good the fried chicken looked. All I was thinking about is that kitchen must be dirty. I didn't even go to the bathroom there because I'm like, I'm sure that bathroom's filthy. Like just, I was like, I don't, I don't want to come back here. I can't believe it's still open. That's how I feel. So do not waste your time going there. We're not food critics. We're That's just right. telling you our, our um, experience. So if you're going to waste your time, there's a better place to stand in line and waste your time in town. And that is Mrs. Wilkes. We're not going to give you any surprises. If you've ever done a search for Savannah, Mrs. Wilkes comes up as one of the must hit places. Oh, it's number one. It's, I think- Pink, the old pink house is number one and Mrs. Wilkes is number two. But on some lists, Mrs. Wilkes is number one and old pink house is number two. All right. What's all the fuss about Mrs. Wilkes? Yeah. Well, you and I, I you and I disagree. You okay. bring up a good point because pink house versus Mrs. Wilkes, you and I are opposed. We are. So let's talk about the first, the first time we try to go to Mrs. Wilkes. Why don't you explain what Mrs. Wilkes is about? So Mrs. Wilkes is a lunch place that's open from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's a very small window. And it's family style dining. So it's about uh, 10 eight. to a table, eight, eight to a, to a table. table, eight to a table, uh, multiple tables. And so uh, they seat people as uh, eight spots at a particular table come available. When you come to the table, it is preset with all of your sides and usually your chicken's already out there. Uh -huh. So you have all your fried chicken, you have your mashed potatoes. You made a list. Oh my gosh, you put this I, on social media. I, am. I, I can't to. spend all the time, yeah. but there, it's there like were, there were everything 20s. from green beans to potato salad to, you know, uh, rice to you name it. Literally, there are 20 to 25 yeah. sides. You didn't say that number. So when they set the table per day, it's between 20 and 25 sides. I asked for a list of the sides the day that we went there. And she said, oh, it changes every day. So I'm not giving you a list. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, so I it, had to just it really, remember. it's like fried okra, it's collard greens, it's like mashed you know, potatoes, all the sides and everything. Sweet potatoes, um, yeah. We were seated with a couple people from North Carolina we and were. then four ladies from Ireland, uh, two were from Ireland. I think they all live in the Chicago area. They did. It was very, it was like a cool little okay. community for an hour or so. Um, I personally loved it. I grew up in the sticks. So for me, it really did feel like actual down home cooking. Like, something you would get at grandma's table. And it's funny because Mrs. Wilkes uh, no longer is with us, but her granddaughter goes to each and every table and Such brings- Such a sweet lady. Biscuits. Make sure you're enjoying yourself. I mean, their their service is impeccable. And she's probably 92. Yeah. Those biscuits are dope too. With the honey on top, they're the right amount. Oh my gosh. They're soft. They're warm. They're crispy. They're not. Now, the really thing good. about Mrs. Wilkes is that you can't make a reservation. There's no such thing. A Magnolia table, you can make a reservation. They'll call you when your re reservation is ready. So they'll give you a time frame of like, okay, see you in two hours. Yeah. We'll, we'll ring you. Uh-uh. 
Not here. They they do not play. Like you have to stand in line. You're standing on the sidewalk. There's waiting. no name. There's no list of names. Like mm-hmm. you stand, and if you get tired, you leave. Your place is gone. There's no like, oh, I'll come back and save my spot. Bullshit. Yeah. No one is saving your spot. They're hoping, like we were. We're like, who's gonna drop like flies? Because we want to get closer to the door. So the first day we went there, the line was long, and I said to him, it was one o'clock. Oh, we walked around the corner and it was wrapped around the building. We can't do this. I said, forget it. We're never going to get in. They close at two. It was one. Yeah. Then I said, let's try this again. They open at 11. Our goal was to get there at 1030. Yes. They opened at 11. We got there promptly at 1130. Uh-huh. And the line was longer than the first time. So, but we got our asses in line because I was like, we're here. We are, I want to know what all this fuss is about. They only take cash, but conveniently they have an ATM machine inside the restaurant. Yeah. So we waited in line for an hour and let's say 10 minutes. Yeah. About an hour and 10 minutes. Um, was it worth it? Uh, for me, it was, I'll tell you why I sat at pink house for two and a half hours for what I perceived to be a very mediocre red snapper. I'd say all in, it was a way better experience. Okay. You he, disagree with me here. Um, a couple things. First of all, they only have one main meat dish and it's fried chicken. And they claim to be the best fried chicken. I'm in Savannah. I've had really good fried chicken. I would say they're comparable to other places, not the best. Um, I would Ooh. recommend the experience because it's it's fun. Like um, you're standing in line, you're talking to people, you sit at the table, you're passing literally from left to right in a circle clockwise uh, the food. So you're passing the food around with strangers. They're asking what it is. You, you're guessing at what it is. It's fun, but I would not recommend like going back, like do it for the experience, not for the food. So we disagree. He says the food was amazing. I'm like, eh, it's fried chicken. And it's just, it's good fried chicken, but it's not great. It's not an hour and 10 minute fried chicken. It's only $30 cash. I had a way better meal at a better price point. Okay. So, um, here, uh, a couple of things that I noticed when we walked in and I mentioned this to him later, no one was happy. Meaning the people that were eating lunch. Yeah. No one looked happy. And I think honestly what it was is like, you're waiting in that line for so long. You have nothing to talk about anymore with your family members. And you get in (laughs) and you're just exhausted and you want to eat. There's, I'm going to show it. um, It's on my social media where I panned the room because I'm in there. We've waited. I'm excited. So I literally recorded from the minute we walked in. Until the time we sat down and recorded the layout of the table, how they set it, how the food was laid out. Um, I scanned the room and the table next to ours. I said to them, how is it? Like in my like happiest of voices. In our happiest Southern Paula Deen voice. How is it? They just looked at me. And then I panned the table and I was like, oh no, God, please, somebody smile, right? Like this is like, I want to post this. Faced. Nobody was smiling at the very end of the table. A girl looks at me, she does one thumbs up. And I was like, oh shit. And then as I'm eating, nobody's laughing, nobody's smiling. Our table was fun. Our table was, but did you- The you, servers were really nice um, and they were happy. The but, people who worked there know, were like you in good spirits. the other tables, right? Nobody's yeah, I don't know. Happy. I don't know what their problem was. Maybe they were just like- pissed off they had to wait or something like oh, that. Oh, I think that has something to do with it. So it's like- You have to know that going in though. Like it I says know, but, it on every stupid website brochure about But Mrs. then you Wilkes. get there and you're like, oh, fried chicken. Like, I feel like that's what it what really is. What do they expect? What do, what do grandma's, what does, what do, what do, what does grandma Wilkes cook? Well, I think I expected- Would they want pork, pork tenderloin? I, I expected like- They I, wanted surf and turf? No. <laughs> 
the hell did they think they were going to get for 30 bucks country style cooking? I think more than fried They make chicken. poor I people gotta, food. That's where Southern food is derived I from. Think, it's poor people food. I think everybody sat down and said, shit, I could have gone to Popeye's. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, it's way better than Popeye's. Do not let her mislead you. Anyway, so uh, so that was Mrs. Wilkes. And, um, and it's an hour less than Pink House. Yeah. And okay. about $120 less too. Yeah. And I do have a hack for you. The week before when we went there, we turned around because it was one o'clock, the line was long and I was like, I'm never going to get in. Okay. When we left, it was one fifty-five, and they had two tables of eight being set. So that's 16 people they yep. brought in. I looked out the window. I saw no one standing in line because there's a little window. Uh, but when I actually walked out, there were six people still waiting and it was one fifty-eight at this point. They closed at two. Those people were going to get sat. Yeah. And I said to them, how long did you wait? One person said 20 minutes. The other person said 30. So there's your hack. Go to Mrs. Wilkes at 1.30 or 1, 1.40, honestly. And uh, you'll get you'll get sat. Don't do what we did and go at 11.30. It's Maybe. just not worth it. I, I would go back I if I had a 20-minute wait. I would never go back for an hour and 10. It's not worth yeah. it. I wouldn't say just intentionally show up at 20 minutes till. Would oh, you? I would. I'm telling oh. you, that's my hack. I'm saying okay. show up 20 minutes till. Don't listen to him. Okay. Save yourself a whole day, go sightseeing and come in at 140 and you'll be set. And then you'll, you'll tell us what you thought of it. Okay. Let's talk about dead people. So here in the city, there is Colonial Park Cemetery, pretty famous because you can walk past it. We talked about this in the previous episode with the bone crushers and all that other stuff. Uh, but we decided we were going to head out toward Bonaventure Cemetery and uh, on not really on the way. But in addition to that, we decided we were actually going to stop at the Wormslow National Historic Site as well. I don't know um, if it's national. It's not national. It is. It's on a national Absolutely. registry? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. Because had I used my national park card oh, that we, we got way in? back when in oh. Zion, I thought it's it was like just a historic sitting site. in a shoebox in Florida right now. I thought it was just a historic site. Okay, good to know. It is, but it's national. Perfect. It's one of the, the first uh, you know spots in Georgia. So basically, uh, the history behind this place is a gentleman by the name of Noble Jones bought, I don't know, how, do you know how many acres of land? Does it matter? I 500 in a my head. A shit ton of land. It wasn't <laughs> 500. 500. He bought a bunch of land and uh, you drive through there. It is the quintessential photo. If you're not looking at the fountain in the middle of Forsyth Park when you're Googling Savannah oh. uh, and seeing those images, you are seeing uh, the hanging oaks that meet on either side of the lane going into Wormslow with the hanging moss, the Spanish moss coming down. So you've seen it's one iconic. of those two photos. That photo yeah. is iconic. So we went to the site where he built basically a tiny fortress. Yeah. So he bought this plantation. This is all pre-slavery. And you can find the ruins of his little fortress right up against the river. There's a channel right there that leads to the bigger Savannah River. Yeah. And there was a um, lot of shipping actually done on that river. Like he trade. was part of it. He yeah. was his 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 destination where he land like made that his home. That was part of the trading that went on in Savannah. Yeah. And he fortified his cabin in such a way that if the Spanish oh came God. to invade, uh, he was protected on four sides. Okay. And his soldiers, they would all like close ranks inside the, the the little fortress walls, and they would basically kick some ass until the Spanish decided mm -hmm. to give up and leave. We need to talk about how he made this fortress. It's everywhere. Like It's even on the ground. It was made of mud, lime, mm -hmm. um, oyster, shells. oyster shells, and water. Like- it's rock though. Like when you touch it, but you can see the it's oyster as hard shells. As cement. Yeah, the oyster shells are all 
in it. Like I can't explain it. Like I, I took a video of it. So it's going to be on our social media. Like it's crazy. You could see the oyster shells yeah. poking out, but when you touch it, it's literally cement. Yeah. Uh, there's a burial site there. There's also a blacksmithing site. So you can see the little blacksmith where they would make their tools or their implements or their weapons or their bullets or whatever, musket balls, I guess. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was worth seeing. I mean, it was $10 to go in per person. It was built back in the 1700s. And this thing, like for the walls that are still standing, you can still kind of see how the whole place worked. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. But like most places, they moved his body. It's yeah. so crazy. Like, it's so crazy that they moved his body because he was such an important uh, figure of the trade in Savannah that they wanted to put him in a special place. So they took him off his property and put him at Bonaventure Cemetery. What's really- well, I think that's where he ended up, but they gave him a monument or something like that before that. So he had one stop in typical Savannian <laughs> bone fashion. He, he had, had one, one stop, stop along the way. <laughs> And then they moved him again to Bonaventure but Cemetery. But there is a graveyard. There is a cemetery on his property. There's plenty of room for dead people there. Yeah. So there's still people there. There's a cemetery, but they moved him. But here's what I, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's just a monument there now for him. Yeah. His family still lives on that property. So yeah. there's a plantation house that you can see like between the trees. It's enormous. And his family, the Noble Jones family still live there. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but the, the road is private, but, um, but they're kind enough to let, you know, the public visit the rest of the property and it is quite beautiful. Yeah. And it's a one or two mile walk through the woods. So if you are tired of seeing Victorian houses and walking down sidewalks, it's a great excursion to head out that way. We don't have little kids, but if you did have little kids, oh. it's a way for them to go run it out for a little bit and check out yeah. some old school history. You have to see it. You have to see it because you've seen it in all the photos now go see it in person that drive down the lane toward um you know the nature paths that is so worth it i mean you'll see our video but it doesn't even compare to what you see online it's gorgeous yeah. it just it reminds mm -hmm. me of that scene in forrest gump where he runs and the braces pop off as the kids are chasing yeah. him do you think it was there? It wasn't there. Okay. It totally, I think that was supposed to be set in Alabama. I don't know where they filmed it. But anyway, it reminded me of that lane. Like It's beautiful. Yeah. After Wormslow, we did finally head over to Bonaventure Cemetery okay. at long last. This is crazy. So this is like the weirdest thing ever. Bonaventure Cemetery is 133 acres, right? You can literally park anywhere. You can pull your car off. Like there's some areas that are designated that are others that are not. Now, if you're looking for specific grave sites, you can just Google like, what are the famous grave sites at Bonaventure? Well, we had a couple, like I had one or two, he had one or two, but honestly, at this point, we just parked the car. We literally parked yeah. the car. He got out and went one way. I got out and went another. I didn't have my phone open to like look for specific grave markers. I just wanted to walk around the very first grave I walked up to was Noble Jones. His final resting place. You I found it. I literally screamed. I screamed and said, I found Noble Jones. I just left his house. Like, how? I mean, it's 133 acres. How did we pull the car off? I walk out, I walk 10 feet and there's Noble Jones. Like there was no reason why you It just wrapped parked. a pretty little bow on your dead people tour for that day. Oh, it was trippy. It was so trippy. There was no reason you parked where you parked, correct? Like you just parked there. I got tired of driving. Yeah. And so there was Noble Jones. I, I, I'm... I can't believe it. I'm like, no. he was calling me. Meanwhile, I was just walking around looking for cool headstones and uh, I took plenty of photos. If Denise puts them on social media, you guys can check them out. Uh, that cemetery has the sort of 
Southern Gothic slash creepy slash Victorian slash whatever you want, like old school Britain, anything you've ever seen in a, in a, in, in a Disney haunted movie oh, yeah. with, with gravestones yeah, and all it's that other stuff. You know, it's 133 acres. It's, it's what everyone says you should see. So it's one of the points of interest in Savannah. So we felt like, okay, we have to do it. Like everyone says, have you been to Bonaventure? I would suggest honestly a tour, but because we've done two tours, I couldn't happening. do it. I mean, we no both way. agreed that it probably would be great. And, and we have somebody that, um, that our tour guide, Bonnie recommended. So if you're interested, I can share the name and number. He's called Bonaventure Dan. And, um, I guess he knows all the ins and outs of the history of the cemetery, where certain grave markers are. We just really honestly wanted to walk around and just kind of take it in ourselves. So we did. I mean, literally, individually, he went his way, I went my way. But here's what's interesting. All of these famous cemeteries, like Colonial Park Cemetery, Bonaventure, they're all, um, what's the word? Not exclaimed, but they're all um, noted, noted to be haunted. Oh. And they all close at five o'clock. For me, there's nothing that says this cemetery is haunted like a five o'clock closing. Like They're like, get out the sun's about to set. You don't know what shit's going to come down. Oh, I just think it's like dipshits show up and do weird things after dark. I disagree. And it's really hard to police that stuff. So, Okay, here's what I was thinking. It's 133 acres. You know people hide there. Of course. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you can get to it from the river. Like one of the things we left out is if you go past uh, Dead Person Cell Block H, you can basically be right up against a river and you can see the water. And Bonnie actually made the joke. It's one of the only cemeteries in the country that has waterfront property for the dead folks. Yeah, that is true. She did say that. Very funny um, joke. Here's what I what I think about since we're here. Like Colonial Park is in the middle of the historic district. That is that's where they do the satanic um rituals. Like it's it's known for the cemetery that has had satanic rituals. But it's super bright. Like when you go there at night, they have floodlights on that place. Like legit floodlights everywhere. Like you can see all the graves. Yeah. Not at Bonaventure. No, you can't do that at Bonaventure. So There's you too much seriously space. could oh, yeah. jump the fence and go. No, you. yeah, literally like your kid <laughs> with his little tiny single like small motor fishing boat can pull he and his friends up with a 12 pack well, of Well, I'm talking Schaefer about jumping beer. the fence. I'm talking about jumping the fence. Yeah, you can oh. do it river. The fence is pretty high if I remember yeah, but I think you can still do it. I don't yeah, know. I mean, okay, you know, so- industrious people find a way. So you may be able to see the water at Bonaventure, but there are two things you're not going to see there. Number one is ghosts. <laughs> you might. And number two is the bird girl, the famous bird girl on the cover, I believe, yeah, it of is. the Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil book, and definitely on the DVD cover at mm-hmm. some point, uh, mm-hmm. a picture in the movie. Everything. It is the statue that has historically defined Bonaventure Cemetery, and it, she is no longer there because people kept messing with her, much like Jim Morrison's grave in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so now, if you want to see the bird girl, you have to go to the Telfair Academy. Speaking of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, uh, you know, if you've read the book or seen the movie, Kevin Spacey, it's like that movie's like 30 years old at this point. 20, 20, It's almost 30 like years asking, old. have you seen Gone with the Wind? Yeah, totally. It's like so old. So whatever. So anyway, it's an old ass movie with Kevin Spacey. Based on a true story. It is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And we actually, on our walking tour, went to the house where the shooting happened. And okay. so You're, Bonnie- We didn't even tell what the story's about. I'm going to say- about searching. Okay, Bonnie, on. our tour guide, explained to us what went on in this house and who these people were. The house was called, was originally called the Mercer House. And uh, there was a guy named Jim Williams who was a restorationist. Um, 
And he came and, and bought quite a bit of property in Savannah, made it pretty during a time when nobody was doing it. And Yeah, um, so this house had been in disrepair for almost 100 years, right? Yeah, it, like General Hugh Mercer had it. And by the way, he's Johnny Mercer's great-grandfather. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, turns wow. out, okay. turns out that okay, the Mercers that. are a big deal Holy around cow. here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the house was built in like the 1800s. What was it, like 1860 or yeah, something? Yeah, before the Civil War or during, like right before the Civil okay. War or something like that. And it was just lying in disrepair until like, about 1969 or something. Right. Like so that. this guy, Jim Williams, comes to Savannah, decides to fix up some houses. He doesn't really make big changes to the houses. This is again from Bonnie. He just restores them to their original beauty. And this house was one of them. Nobody would take on this project, the Mercer home, because she said like the roof was falling in. It was just, everyone thought Jim would come in and just plow it down, literally start over, but he didn't. He spent years restoring this beautiful house. So um, yeah. now today it's it's called the Mercer Williams house because of the work he put in. He literally restored it to its natural beauty. Right. So, but uh, an important detail about Mr. Williams was that he was a gay man mm -hmm. at a time when people weren't really outwardly gay, but mm -hmm. everybody in polite society sort of knew the deal. Yeah. And um Turns out- uh, He had such good fashion. Everyone was super excited. He was going to make this house really nice. Yeah. But uh, he had a proclivity for not just men, but male prostitutes. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh -huh. Of which yeah. Danny Hansford was one. And he would employ them. He would, yes. <laughs> and um, it he turns out for, I don't even know the reason. It doesn't matter. But ultimately, uh, love went south. And Jim Williams shot Danny Hansford, and that is the plot to the entire movie of Midnight, yeah. uh, the book in uh, Midnight in the Garden and of the Good movie. and Evil. Yeah. Um, and so Jim says that Danny came at him. It was self-defense, blah, blah, blah. What was the interesting thing about this that was crazy that Bonnie told us? The uh, court case, the ensuing yeah. court case afterwards. So oh my God. Uh, he was um, he was charged with the murder of Danny Hansford and he was actually convicted for this murder. But wait, they weren't done there. Uh, somehow that conviction got overturned, I believe, twice. And then there was a hung jury. And finally, he was acquitted, at which case it was double jeopardy. He could never be charged with this murder or accused of this murder again. But during that whole time that he was going through this, I think, and I could be wrong, but I thought Bonnie said he was still working. But I'm like, wait, you're going to trial. So oh. like, how could you be working? I thought you were going to say in and out of going through all these court cases that he always had impeccable shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. But that aside, um, I think what she meant was that, or what I heard or should have heard was that when he would, when he got out, he'd go back to work. Then he was tried again. Then he'd get out, go back to work. I'm like, holy cow. Like, yep. this is like a guy with nine lives, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Like totally. four times being tried and four times being- and Finally, he yeah, walked. He walked. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is for sure. All right. Well, that's enough history up your ass and uh, enough talk about dead people and- people shooting people and all that stuff. We've given you a ton of information we about have. Savannah. Uh, so let's just tell you the most important piece of information you need to know about Savannah. You heard it here first. Go to Sly's Sliders. <laughs> the best little slider sandwiches uh -huh. you were ever going to eat in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you made friends with the owner. I've been there twice. Scott. Yeah. Scott, I you, I swear to God, you you've heard it here first. Like Scott has full blown plans of expanding this thing. This this little uh, restaurant concept of his 
is going to explode. Yeah, it, he, he, he prices each slider at a reasonable price. It's their $3.50. Yep. So you can have a couple mini hamburgers and a mini hot dog. And he does the hot dogs like the the list is is so large. Like he'll have a Chicago style, a Coney Island style. He'll have a Southern style. He'll have a jerk hot dog. Like I'm I like, petitioned what the him strongly heck? for an LA dog. So we'll see if Scott adds it to the menu. I hope he does. Okay, <sighs> LA dogs are not that good. So you, nobody's going to put on their menu. So you should just stop right awesome. now. No, this it's just when somebody, you're drunk after a game. You think LA dogs are this so is good? Coming Try from going. Somebody, no, no. Let this me. is coming some. This is coming from somebody who puts a cucumber on their hot dog. Who yeah, the hell that's does delicious. It? Okay, but y- let's be real. Go and get an LA dog at noon on a Tuesday, not at one a.m. on a Saturday night. Okay, it's your 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 food tastes are skewed at that point. An LA dog is good any time of day. Disagree. Try one with your pancakes. I totally disagree. Try one sober. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Sly Sliders, definitely check it out if you're in Savannah or in a neighborhood near you. I promise they're coming very soon. Yes. Uh, Okay, are you ready for your top five and bottom fives? Let's do top fives and bottom fives. You're going to go first. Yeah. Do it. There have been some cities where I don't have a top five. I have a top three, a top four. There are other cities where I have more than five. This is uh, one of are those cities. Are you saying we're not consistent? <laughs> well, I'm saying that some cities offer more than others. And so my top five may be less I'm or saying, more. I'm saying we're not consistent. I'm Go not on. saying that. You can say it. You're not consistent. I am. All right. So my top five. So I think I love the fact that Savannah's walkable. That to me is a selling point. I'm willing to sell my car and everyone who knows me knows I love my car and I keep them for 50 years. Literally, I do keep them for like 12 to 13 years. So for me saying I'm willing to sell my car and move to a city like this is huge. That's how much I love Savannah. So I love the fact that it's walkable. That's my top number one. Number two, I love the fact that transportation here is free. It's a smaller city, 150 some thousand people. And they care about you so much, they give you free transportation. I come from a city like Chicago or LA where everyone is using it and they could give two shits and they're making you pay. And sometimes it's late, sometimes it's dirty. I mean, I love that the transportation is free and it's clean and it's easy. Yeah, I will say uh, coming from a city where you used to like sort of getting a kick in the crotch on every corner. Yeah. Not so much here. No, it's amazing. They, They have put thought into their people. Imagine that. Go on. Uh, I love that everyone is so friendly. Like so many people will just stop and talk, even though I think I'm going to get robbed half the time. When I don't (laughs) get robbed, I'm walking away and so grateful. What does that that mean? For that conversation or a pat on the back. I'm like, they just took my wallet. Um, No, no. Everyone here is so friendly. Everyone. I, I don't think I've met an unfriendly person. It would actually, living here would actually instruct you to dial back your city a little. It would. And How I'd would be that fine make with you feel? It. You I'm would? fine with it. I want to be a nicer person. You're going to be a sweetheart? I do go to bed every night trying to be better. It's just the mornings are difficult. And, and, and then by 9.20 a.m. Yeah. It's gone to the wayside. Yep. Okay. So I like the fact that local shop owners are able to have a residency on the really popular streets. Now, what it mean? What I mean by that is, we've been to so many cities where, like, their downtown area is just corporate uh, shops, like the Gap, Banana Republic, Urban Outfitters. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But the rents are so high, locals can't afford to have their cute their cute shops there. Whether it's a chocolate shop or a clothing shop, most shop owners have to have it off that main street. 
not here. On Broughton, you will see local. It's Broughton. Okay, I'm going to say it my it's way. It's brought O-N on, but it's not brought. Broughton. It's not brought on. Broughton. It's Broughton. Broughton. Okay. I'm going to say it my way because that's how and I say it. nobody's going to know where you're talking about. Go on. Broughton. Broughton Street. <laughs> you can have your cute little boutique there. You can have a chocolate shop there. You can have an ice cream store there. I know the rents are obviously more, but they they clearly make it affordable where locals can still have a business. And I mm-hmm. find that really charming. I really do. It makes it makes the downtown a true downtown, not just a corporate hell. What I also love about this city is that it really is a mix of old and young people. Now, this is new, and this gives me a little comfort because I've really been beating myself up over the fact that we've missed an opportunity to move here. I have to be realistic that our kids would never have moved here during high school. Even during the pandemic, they would not have because they still wanted to graduate or have the hope of graduating with their class. But I do have some comfort in knowing that if I came here in 2017, I probably wouldn't have seen the same landscape I see today in the the age group of people. From what I understand, talking to Michaela and Mm -hmm. other people here, it was very much just a, a tourist Mecca and old people. Like that was it. Even though, even though SCAD is here, the Savannah College of Art and Design, it mm-hmm. really wasn't like a um, place where they had a downtown area with clubs and bars where um, young people could frequent. It was really just a lot of tourists, old people, and the college kids, but it's not like that. So from our understanding, what we've learned is that in 2020, Savannah really changed their nightlife. They really uh, listened to what the younger people wanted and they created places that brought in uh, people of a younger age group and made it a place where 30-somethings would want to live, 40-somethings. And then the college kids who would leave are now staying. I love that. I love when I walk around the city. It is all age groups. It is. So that to me, I, I actually, I really enjoy. And my last favorite thing, Fox Hollow Realty. Nice. Isia and Chanel and Michaela were so fantastic. And um, I just, yeah. I can't say enough about them. Please find me that $500,000 Victorian in the historic district, please. <laughs> I'm begging you, just do it. Do it right now. We're going to need some market indicators to change before that happens. Oh but uh, yeah, that's a very good one. Your bottoms? It was kind of hard for me to pick bottoms because I had I have had such an enjoyable stay here. So I'm not going to just make shit up. Um, so my bottoms, I don't think I quite have five, but these are my personal bottoms. Service is too slow for me. I don't care where I go. If I just want to get a soda, they take forever. And it's yeah. like, there's no urgency for anything. I get it. We're in the South, but damn, that really grates on me after a while. Like when my to-go food is sitting on the bar and I could see it sitting on the bar and the bartender isn't getting it and the hostess isn't getting it. And then I have to say something. And then the bartender goes, hold on. And then he goes and makes three more drinks. I'm like, no, that's not how it should be. He should be handing me my to-go order. And then he turns around and makes the three more drinks because we all know the three more drinks takes longer than my to-go order to hand to me. Service sucks here. Um, Yeah. I'd say we're running about 70% slow service wherever we are. Rentals in historic and Victorian area of Savannah are very hard to come by that are nice. Do I blame Savannah? I don't know. I got to blame somebody, so I'm not sure. (laughs) So that is terrible. Like if you're coming here and you think you're going to get a cool Airbnb, 
just forget it. I'm you telling are, you, but it's going to be run down. No, it's not even going to have good furniture. I looked. I, I, please. Okay. I am the expert at this. Don't argue with me about this. You oh, just yeah. stay I can shush. Tell, I can tell from that day bed in the living room behind us. It was 155 a night here. Okay, fine. Go on. Oh, you're not going to find a 2,000 square foot apartment for 155 a night, okay? <clears> so <throat> I'm the expert and I'm telling you this place sucks. You're going to have to find... <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. Good luck. Good luck. Have some money set aside or just Good come luck. for a four-day weekend and stay in a bed and breakfast because you're not going to find an Airbnb that's worth your money. They all start at $300. Good luck. Okay? So that really You want really a new sucks. Airbnb? Go stay in Pooler. Um, yeah. You're going to have to go further to out and suburbs. drive in. For, for sure. sure. For sure. 100%. Um, I don't like the fact that there are a lot of one-way streets here. It's very reminiscent of New York and San Francisco, and I don't know why they had to do that here. It's a small town. It's so confusing. I'm a, I, I've driven in a city. I know how to drive, and I am so nervous when I drive here that I'm going to be going the wrong way. And they don't make their one-way signs very um, visible in the sense that they should have them more. Um, they should have them properly. What's the freaking word? They should have them displayed better. Their one-way signs should be displayed better. Like they should have them more often. You'll turn down a street and you'll have no clue as to whether or not it's one way. Then I'm like going back to DMV testing 101. Is it a broken line? Is it a solid line? Like I know there's got to be <laughs> lines that tell me if it's a one way. But um, yeah, so I'm petrified half the time when I'm turning right because I'm wondering, should I be turning left? Hmm, I haven't really experienced that. I kind of like the one ways. All right. Well, this isn't your bottom five now, is it? So I'm going to put it in my just, top five now that you mentioned it. Just hush. Just hush. Okay. Um, also, my um, my other bottom five, which I don't know, like it's just a bitching because there's nothing anyone can do. The summers are unbearable. And I know this because mm. I've, I've been in Florida, so I know it's bad. So that's a bummer. But that's a bummer for me in Chicago. That's a bummer for me in Arizona. So that's a bummer wherever I go. I just wish I could, I wish if I were living here, we're talking in like my fantasy world, I could enjoy my summers. Well, that's not possible from June to September generally. So you want a swimming pool in your $500,000 Victorian and the I don't horse even think historic I, district. A swimming pool would even work because you're hot all the time. Like you have to sit inside to cool down. So for me, that's not enjoyable. Um, I know everyone says I like to stay inside anyway, whatever. You know what? This is my, this is my bottom five. So everyone just like, Shut up. Yep. All, All right. right. And then the last one, which is, a, I'm so disappointed that Paula Dean sucked. <laughs> Who could have expected? No, I went to Magnolia Table where like the salt shakers are perfect. And then I walk into her place, thoroughly disappointed. Well, they haven't been canceled yet. So they haven't had to resort to uh, plastic wear. I don't think she's been there for a visit. And if she has, I'd really hate to see how what her, her house pictures looks on like. the wall. Do you know how old that is? Do you know? It, <laughs> yeah, I, had I do. As a matter it of actually fact. had grease on it. Okay. It, it looked did. dirty. All right. Moving on. My, I'm going to start out with my bottom fives. Oh. Since we're in a negative mood already. Bring uh, it. My bottom fives are train fucking horns. Oh my God. We get it. You're driving a train. We get it. You're the engineer. We get it. There's no reason for you to blare the train horn. At 2 a.m.? For an hour Every single morning. At 2 a.m. Like, though. We understand. What, whatever time. It's, it seems like it's 5 or 6 a.m. 
I think they do that shit on purpose. They absolutely do it on purpose. <laughs> they absolutely do it on so purpose. So do you think there's two conductors in there and he's like, hey, Larry, Larry, watch this. And then oh, yeah. Ben does it and they uh, like, ah! I honestly think they're doing chin-ups on the chain that pulls the horn. They're just <laughs> pulling on the horn and pulling on the horn and pulling on the horn. It is nuts. And uh, our tour guide, Bonnie, actually lives even closer to the train than we live. I don't know how she does it. I, I don't know how the locals do it on this end of town. It's stupid. It's nuts. I get it. There's a real, like, got to get things into Savannah via train. Totally understand that. No reason to lay on the horn that long. You need to write a letter. I need to write a sternly worded letter <laughs> to the president of trains. Okay. So uh, moving on, uh, slow service at many places. I'm not going to belabor that. You've already kicked that dead horse. <laughs> um, I would say you complained about the one-way streets. I would complain about the parking signage and slash the app clarity. So Okay, just to be clear here, the signs are perfectly We're not talking fine. about your signs. We're okay, doing my bottom no, five. No, you just don't know. You don't know the difference between Monday- <laughs> 1 a.m. and Tuesday, 1 a.m. No, they're not. Because like, if you, you go don't. downtown, they'll say, okay, you can park here, but it doesn't say when the cutoff is or when the parking rates start. And if you go into your app and let's say uh, there was a day, I forget what day, we, we were parking somebody somewhere at like 5.30 p.m., mm -hmm. right? I park, I enter the spot on the app yeah. and like 7251 or whatever the hell the spot number was, and it doesn't tell me that, oh, you don't need to pay right now because it's after 5 p.m. It says that spot is invalid. Okay, so the app developer needs to have a, a sternly worded letter written. Absolutely. <laughs> like whoever developed that app is dumb. And in addition to that, we, we've had this discussion. So if you go to Chicago or LA or anywhere literally that has like public parking, uh, they say between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., you know, uh, fee parking or whatever it says on the sign. Yeah. They don't, they don't have that here. Like, you don't know when it starts. You don't know when it ends unless you're a local and you just know. Oh, you're like, oh, on Bull Street near uh, Forsyth Park, it ends at 5. But over on Bay Street near Drayton, it ends at 8 p.m. Like, how are you supposed to know that unless you memorize a city? It's really bullshit for, like, people who are driving in here. Okay. It's dumb. Just post this. Just post the meter times. That's all you got to do. Okay. Just well post noted. it. <sighs> That was my big one. Anyway, so if that's my biggest bitch, then we, you know, we're in pretty good shape. I, um, I can't really say it's a bottom yet because we haven't really experienced it. Although the weather's really nice for uh, February. Um, I mean, it's gonna be a hot the summer. The potential heat. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a top, uh, a really hot summer. Um, my last bottom five is last night we were sitting out with our good new friends, Chip and Kim. Uh, if you remember in the last episode, Chip was the one that took me all around to the hockey game and all that stuff. Uh, we've become really close buddies and, uh, I appreciate all the time, Chip, that you've spent with Denise and I and Kim. It was a pleasure meeting you last night. Love you guys already. Can't wait to see you next time. Yeah. Um, but as we were sitting out on the patio of Sweet Potatoes Cafe or whatever it was restaurant. called. Sweet Potatoes Restaurant. Um, I was getting eaten by mosquitoes in February. Because you're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. My whole ankle, my ankles are tore up. I know. I thought it was just me because they normally do come at me. Like whenever we were in Los Angeles, they would start eating at me. And then all of a sudden, you know, you would get like one mosquito bite. But last night for you to come oh, home yeah. and say they were bothering you, that was something. Yeah. So um, we need to work on the mosquito problem here. 
So anyway. Isn't this like the haven? Isn't this like the Mecca? Like the South is the Mecca of mosquitoes? Like the deadly mosquitoes are like they come in from Africa and stuff like that. Like they come straight to the South because they know they is this can- where, Is this the hotbed of Nile virus? I or think whatever, it is. I, the virus. South. I mean, like we can't even stay. Like they're just laughing <clears throat> right now. We're saying mosquitoes. Like okay, you're in the South. Well, I thought they were bad in Florida, but you know, I know. It's like, imagine that like standing water in marshy areas creates mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, okay. So let's move to the tops. I'm going to rattle off things really fast now. So buckle up. Uh, the coffee scene here is spectacular. I went to a coffee shop named Mirabelle. Very good. Foxy Loxy. I went to the one over in Starlin, but there are other two other Fox derivative coffee places around town. Spectacular. Biddy and Bo's is a regional coffee chain which I would normally shy away from, but I love their business model. Their business model is they hire people with handicaps, uh, people with Down syndrome, people with physical uh, handicaps. So across the board, not just Savannah. Uh, Yes, at all all of their stops. Had a great cup of coffee from a very cheerful and expedient staff that waited on me in uh, a very timely fashion. Oh, and I would like that place. I felt damn good about uh, frequenting that place while <laughs> I was here. I also went to a place on the south side of Forsyth Park a lot, Sentient Bean, uh, S-E-N-T-I-E-N-T. I'm totally hammering that word right now. Sentient Bean. Uh, I went to a place called Blue Door. They have waffles. They're better than their coffee, but the waffles were really good. Uh, Franklin's we went to downtown. Fine. Nice place. Collins Quarter, same. Uh, Alexander's Bistro, also on the south side of Forsyth Park, near where we are staying. A pretty good cup of coffee. I did go to one place, interestingly enough, right here, the closest place to our rental. And that is called Mate Factor. And I didn't realize until we took that history tour with Bonnie that Mate Factor, M-A-T-E Factor, right on Habersham Street, is actually run by a cult. Uh, yeah, it was in the cult museum. Just so you know, I was legitimately. That's right. It was in the, in the cult, cult museum. Yeah. I remember reading that right next to next to the Branch Davidians. Yeah, and and there was uh, there was a piece of paper that stated they are still active here in Savannah. And you yep. actually, I dis- went there three times. Okay, you gave our money to cult leaders. I did three times. Do you think they put something in the coffee? I don't know. Have I been acting differently? No, you're the, you're you're still curmudgeon. You have not changed one bit. Anyway, uh, so once I found out that they were a cult, and so the 12 tribes of Israel cult real fast is uh, basically per Bonnie, per Bonnie. Uh, a bunch of grown adults cosplaying as Jewish people. If you don't know what cosplaying is, it's basically when people go to Comic-Con and they dress as their favorite comic characters. Uh, Bonnie says that the 12 tribes of Israel are basically trying to dress up as Jewish people. So anyway, That's crazy. I know it's pretty weird. They were closed on the Sabbath though, interestingly enough. Oh, so they really are following the rules. Yeah, walking the walk. Uh, my second favorite place to go in the city is Cup to Cup. Uh, it has fantastic Americano. Uh, the espressos were really good. You enjoyed uh, the donuts there. Oh, their the pastries, pastries are and all amazing. That. I'm going to go today. I have to make one more stop before we leave. It was so good, but and it would have been my favorite spot, except there's really nowhere to hang out or sit there. It's a very small place. Oh, uh, it's just to go. Like a, it's like yeah. a, a counter with a door. Yeah, it's literally. on Abercorn Street. Uh, it's a walk-in, walk-out type place. So I would have to get give my biggest tip to Savannah Roasters over on the western side of town. That was my favorite place. Coffee was delicious. They roasted there themselves. Uh, they had a bunch of pastries. I didn't try any okay, of that so stuff hold there. On. I just went for the coffee. We've been to Seattle, which is the mecca of coffee. How does Savannah Roasters compare? 
Uh, Savannah Rosa is pretty good compared to some of the places. Like I would say, uh, uh, I guess I have a, we've been to enough places now where I can do a top five so far of coffee that I've had all yeah. across the country. Uh, Savannah Roasters makes that top five. Definitely. Holy without a doubt. Holy cow. That's crazy. Yeah. The cities we've been to and Savannah Roasters makes the top five. That's it's incredible. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. It's a good bean there. So anyway, uh, if you want to see all the places I went, all the restaurants we went to, I have to remind you at this point, you have to go to the Google Maps on our Linktree link yep. down in the liner notes. Uh, you can check out every place we've been. We've been to more places in Savannah than we've been to any other city. That we visited, even in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and so in Florida, we keep going to the same spot over and over and over again. Uh, we really spread ourselves thin and did everything we could and spent all kinds of money here so that we could report back to you. You have to check out that map. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my third favorite thing is uh, tourists commingling with locals everywhere, literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. We were at the uh, Crystal Beer palace yeah that's what it's called crystal beer palace that's where we met chip and ray yeah i would say my fourth thing is the diversity here there are people of all stripes on every single block in the city people walking around i know and especially being in georgia which historically has been a red state or like we talked about earlier has a complicated past when it comes to racial issues uh i love the fact that this city is either too cognizant or like Bonnie, our tour guide said, too lazy to bother with overt racism. Yeah. You don't feel it here. You don't see it. No one talks it. Like if they talk it, you're not hearing it. It's not out in the open. Like in some places we've been where it is out in the open, not here. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there are, uh, individual experiences that may differ from what I'm saying right now. I mean, granted, but we're I've just only talking been here as tourists. Weeks. So it's like people yeah. who are who are literally visiting cities to see could we live here? And there are some where we're legitimately like, oh yeah, that's so racist. We yeah. could not live there. And you know, I gotta tell you, out of all the cities we've visited, uh, what we are used to and referencing again that refrigerator that we used to have in Los Angeles with all the different faces of all different stripes on our refrigerator, this town is the closest thing I've experienced in that department. Oh, that's out true. of any any city that we've been to. That is a really good way to put it. Wow. Yeah. Okay, it's a reflection of our collage of beautiful friends and our uh, and family on our refrigerator. It really is, wow. and that sounds like hoity-toity and all that other oh, shit. But honey. but you know, it's like uh, no, I'm saying you sounded hoity-toity. Oh, okay. I'm not, I didn't sound hoity-toity. Um, I'm I'm just coming direct. I mean, it's impossible to be a traveler of any sort of any length of time and come out on the other side a full blown racist. I really feel that in you know, sort of introducing yourself to different places, different landscapes, different cultures, mm-hmm. uh, really makes you think about the world you live in and. Whether or not you agree with certain cultures or the way others do things, mm-hmm. uh, it's impossible for you to come out on the other side without some level of respect yeah. and interest in why they do what they do. So uh, I've found that in Savannah. I think it's a really mellow place and I've enjoyed that. Like I would have no hesitation about asking any one of our friends, no matter their persuasion mm-hmm. or race or whatever, to come here and visit us. I would never have Everyone not would- an ounce of hesitation. Everyone would feel welcome. Yeah. And I can't say that's the case for other cities yeah. where if we were to invite our friends, they would always feel as welcome as we think they would feel here. Right. 
Uh, and so that brings up my final point. Uh, whether we were talking to people online, you guys hearing back from you, mm -hmm. friends, uh, you know, family members, you name it. And even the people who have recently moved here or the people who have lived here all their lives. I've been here three weeks talking about coming here for six or seven weeks. Not a single person that I've encountered has had one crossword to say about Savannah. Oh, that's incredible. Can and you true. think of one no. instance where somebody's like, Savannah, why would you go there? No. Nobody, words, those words have never been uttered. Um, and just ask all the people that are about to descend on this place next month for St. Patrick's Day. It has the second largest St. Patrick's parade in the United States. New York number one or Chicago? I believe it's New York. I don't know. I don't care. It's I just know Savannah's number two. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy because you would would you don't think Savannah and Irish. No. But no, there's a huge Irish uh, a population huge, yeah. here and they celebrate it strong. There are stores that are just all green. And I cannot yeah. tell you how many people have said to me, Are you gonna be here for St. Patrick's Day? Are you gonna be here for St. Patrick's Day? I'm like, what is up with St. Patrick's Day? And then it, we find out from everyone that lives here, oh, we, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's kind of like their Mardi Gras. Totally. Totally. So um, all that to say, we feel like we've had not just a killer experience here in Savannah. Uh, we have really strived to bring you every ounce of this city in our podcast, the last two episodes that we absolutely could. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, we we have. And even right now, as we're wrapping this up, I'm in my head thinking like, I want to go to that. Got to get to Leopold's. Got to get the I get ice it. cream. I we haven't gotten the ice cream. I know. And I want to go to the burger place in the VFW. Because oh, there's yeah. a burger joint in a VFW hall that's supposed to be phenomenal. Yep. yep. And I think that's a hidden gem because Chip didn't even know about it. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, All right. Well, we got to get out of here. It sounds like we have a couple more things to hit on our way out of town by tomorrow morning. Uh, thank you so much for being with us on the Savannah episodes, plural. And uh, we're excited to bring you another city very soon. Take we them out. Are. Empty nest, full tank. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.